This is Brain Diet, episode 161, Finding Joy with an Autoimmune Condition with Rachel Albo. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This week, I am sharing with you my conversation with Rachel Albo, who we shall refer to as the high vibe autoimmune guide. She is an autoimmune coach, and in this episode, we really just had a really fun conversation about autoimmune wellness and about the things that can get in the way of creating the life that we want when it comes to chronic illness. And we discussed a lot of the mental aspects that are often overlooked when it comes to health. And so there were a lot of elements to this episode that I feel like will be very valuable to have in a toolkit for anybody who is looking to manage their health and manage an autoimmune condition. Rachel is very wise and it was so fun to chat with her. So I will have all of her info linked in the show notes and she will talk a lot about it. So if you want to check more out about Rachel, that's all going to be there. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Rachel Albo. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. I want to hear everything about your story. I want to just right out the gate, you on your Instagram have the title of your high vibe autoimmune guide. Uh-huh. Yes. Tell me, <laughs> tell me your story and then fit in how that became what you do. <laughs> I love that question so much. Um, okay. So basically I am an autoimmune coach. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in um, February, 2017. And I have a very similar story, just like from reading your website and like you're uh, seeing your profile, like very similar to where I was diagnosed and I felt like everything was pulled out from under me. I was 23 years old and I just was like, this can't be all there is. And I did a lot of soul searching and I always thought that I was like healthy. Like, you know, I was like drinking the protein shakes and going to the gym and like doing these things. And I thought everyone had digestive issues and like Mm. my knees would be like really, really sore and messed up a lot of the time in most of my life. And I never thought anything of it because no one else did. And then I interrupt you for a minute. Was that the symptom that like began the exploration was, was digestion and knee issues? Uh, the exploration happened after like a completely like huge flare up to where my knees were literally twice the size of like quote unquote normal. And I couldn't like, I stood up from lunch and was like, I can't keep working the rest of the day because I literally can't walk. (laughs) And I was like, something's wrong. Right. (laughs) Okay. So continue. So you're like, okay, time to explore a little bit. Then what? Yeah. So basically right after I was diagnosed, um, I actually wasn't diagnosed at first. You know, I went through the whole thing like most of us do, where it's like weeks and weeks of testing and this and doctor's appointments and that and um, questioning everything of your life and the whole thing. And um, I was bedridden for like two weeks. I couldn't walk on my own. I then was in physical therapy for months. Like the first month and a half of physical therapy was three times a week in a pool because my joints like couldn't handle doing it on land. 
And um, then I was able to move on in physical therapy. And then eventually I was discharged because my background is as an occupational therapist. I am used wow. to working in hospitals and I was used to lifting like 200 um, pound patients out of bed on my own because I was like the lift champ. And then like, then I go to not even being able to get myself out of bed. And I was like, what is happening? What is life? Like I'm on the other side of things. I don't understand. And that's when I did all that soul searching of like, what do I actually appreciate in life? What am I grateful for? Like, I was just trying to grasp onto anything that made me feel good to get through. And the two things that kept coming up, um, throughout when I was journaling of like, what are things that are really important to me? What are things that I miss was helping people and was fitness Mm -hmm. and like the fitness more side was more for myself, but the helping people obviously like just makes us feel good and makes us feel like we have purpose. Um, And so eventually down the line, like fast forward a whole bunch, you know, we all have our own journey. Um, I now am an autoimmune coach for women with autoimmune diseases, and I'm a certified personal trainer. And I've lived honestly so many freaking lives in the last like six years since I was diagnosed, like it's actually crazy. Uh, Um, but now like, yeah, I host a community for women. That's like this private community where it doesn't turn nasty. Like all those support groups that I used to be part of when I was first diagnosed Mm -hmm. or like the people that you follow on Instagram. I feel like there's been a huge shift and I am so grateful that like you and I are both, you know, a huge part of that shift in the autoimmune community of like that positive mindset Mm -hmm. that didn't exist when I was diagnosed, like at all. It was, everyone was like, look at this flare up, look at my hand. I'm getting another infusion. This sucks. I'm never going to make it through. And same thing on the support groups. And so I literally went and deleted myself from all of those, like within the first few months. And I started following people that weren't actually in the autoimmune community. I started following people like Sahara Rose, like Dr. Joe Dispenza, like Jay Shetty, like these people like Deepak Chopra, all of these people that were so encouraging and inspiring and like made me feel like there was purpose to life. And also allowed me to detach just enough from my diagnosis that I never like took that as my truth. I was like, this is not who I am. Whereas a lot of people fall into that immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the autoimmune coaching. Cause I think that coaching, especially like in today's day and age, it has such a a wide range of what that can mean. And so when people come to you and are like, Hey, I have an autoimmune condition what type of coaching do you do? Like, is it more here are actions to take, or is it more in the realm of like, um, best practices with mindset yeah. and things like that? Tell, tell us a that's little a, bit about what it looks like. Yeah, that's a really great question because the way that I approach coaching now has evolved so much from when I first, um, started coaching people years ago. Now, what it looks like is people come to me and they, um, I have a monthly membership option for clients. And so basically they pay monthly and they get access to things like a, um, client portal of resources from anything from like, um, courses that I've created over the years to videos, to like anti-inflammatory guides, to journal prompts, to motivational quotes, to just inspirational videos that I've made, just anything you can possibly imagine is in there. And that's kind of like things that they can explore on their own. The Mm -hmm. things that I um, am, and I'm constantly updating that library as well, but then the things that I'm like really passionate about and like 
is kind of the, the bulk of it is having access to the group where they have a safe space where they can come if they're having a hard day or they can come if they need support or they can come if they're feeling really freaking good about themselves. Like it's a space that you can literally, like, I actually asked my clients a couple months back, like, how would you describe this space to like your friend if you were doing so? And every single person mentioned something about high vibe, about uplifting, about supportive, about, um, knowing that you're they always have your back. And that's exactly the space that I wanted to be able to cultivate and infuse that high vibe, like that literal high vibrational energy into the group. And so I, um, go live in the group at least once a week talking about, you know, something that's either come up in my own journey, like that day or that week, something that's come up on client calls. Um, I'll post, sometimes I'll literally just post like a little like inspirational meme sort of, I I feel like, what are they called? If it's like not a meme, you know what I mean? It's like inspirational, but it's not a meme, but I still call them memes. It has the connotation of like being funny, right? You think it's funny. I know what's the word. I I have no idea. I guess like uh, graphic. I don't know, but anyway, so like, you know, post those. Sometimes I'll create a new resource for them and post it in there. But I would say for the majority of the way that I coach is from a, is a community standpoint, right? So Mm -hmm. I do offer one-on-one coaching for my clients, but that's kind of on a one-off basis. If if someone comes to me and says, I want this, but I'm no longer like, Hey, do you want this? Right? So it's a lot of like, they come for the community point. And I do, I host two to three times a month, group coaching calls where we come on zoom, very similar to this. And I'm just talking sometimes about like something that has come up, something about that someone has requested. Uh, it's just a variety. I really focus intuitively on my business offerings. I just am like, okay, like source soul at universal energy. Like what am I supposed to channel to these people? And so a lot of it, does come from more of like a, an emotional, mental, spiritual space, right? We do talk about nutrition. We do talk about movement, but the bulk of it is the subconscious healing. The bulk of it is overcoming self-limiting beliefs. The bulk of it is shadow work. Like all of these things that we don't really hear about in the autoimmune community, because we're so driven on like diet, exercise, diet, exercise. And I know that you, before we started recording mentioned like for your coaching, that a lot of it ends up being mindset work. And so that's very similar for me. I started realizing like, I did have a 12 week program, um, last year that I, or in 2021 that I offered and it worked really well. It worked amazingly for people is basically a 12 week framework to slowly build in those habits into your daily routine, like movement, like, um, you know, some mindset practices like nutrition. But I, again, noticed on the one-on-one calls during that program that everything just shifted towards mindset. People really need that piece, no matter how positive they think they are. And so that's kind of like a moment where I said, oh, wait a second, I have these strengths and I'm realizing that this is where things are going. So let me go with the flow of this. Let me like surrender to this process and trust my gifts and utilize that to help people. So like I said, the the bulk of it is that community aspect and also bringing in other holistic practitioners into the container of the live calls. And then my clients also get access to the recorded calls in in case they can't make it live or anything. And there's like an entire library of all of these calls. And like, I just sit there and I think if I had all of this, when I was diagnosed, I would be like so much further along, but also I wouldn't be who I am today without, you know, building a business and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I, my biggest mission is to provide what I never had when I was diagnosed. Yeah. And that's one of the really interesting things about a diagnosis is oftentimes the hard things are what force you to create the good things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, if it's just too easy, we aren't challenged in a way that allows us to really grow and find out what we're made of. Um, I want to 
speak to something that you mentioned when you're working with people on like self-limiting beliefs, for example, Mm -hmm. what are examples? I know that I certainly have mine that I encounter often, but what are some common self-limiting, uh, belief, limiting self-beliefs? What am I saying? Whatever (laughs) limiting self-beliefs that you encounter in the autoimmune community that people are thinking often. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I would say one of the biggest ones is that they aren't worthy. Like they aren't worth healing. They aren't worth feeling better. But I think that that self-limiting belief comes through. It doesn't necessarily come through to our mind as I'm not worthy, but the way that they talk to themselves, these, these beliefs that they do have ingrained in them all come down to the fact that they don't believe their worth. They don't, you know, they're told by doctors that they're never going to walk again, or they're told by dietitians that their diet is shit, or, you know, they're told by their therapist that they need to do this, 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 and this. And they're like, ah, what the heck? Like I'm broken. You know, there's so much wrong with me. How am I ever going to fix it? And then we're taught to like tackle all of these things at once. And so I guess the other one would be like, I'm broken, you know, like there's something wrong with me. I did this to myself. I did something wrong when it's like, I work a lot with clients to reframe that into, okay, yes, this sucks. We're not going to deny that. I'm not one to be like, oh, everything's fine. Like you're going to be fine. Just do this, you know, subconscious work. No, it's not fucking easy. That's why I don't have a million clients. Like this is a, this is like a niche within a niche of what I do. Like, it's like the people that are interested in higher level thinking and evolving their on a soul level in the autoimmune community, that is a small number of people, to be honest, but it's so freaking powerful. It's so beautiful to watch this expression and to watch like the way that people can evolve when they're at their wits end, when they feel like there's nothing left to do. They feel like they've tried all the things they feel like they've been following a protocol and now they're miserable, right? They feel like, again, they're not worthy of actually being able to feel better because if I was worthy, I would have tried all these things and they would have worked for me when it's like, there is no one size fits all. And I think that that's where something where you and I align so much is like, even in our own journeys, we're like, we're, we're open to evolving. We're open to trying different things. And we're open to like embracing. Sometimes those things don't work. Like that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they even will work temporarily and then not work Mm -hmm. the next day. And so it's, it's a consistent journey that is happening live over time where we are trying to figure, I mean, because our bodies are these dynamic systems, right? And so we are constantly having to figure out the best way to treat them. And even then there are going to be things that happen that are out of our control. And at that point, that becomes our job is to introspect and recognize what we're thinking. That's just compounding our pain, right? If we're in Mm -hmm. physical pain because of a chronic illness, and then we are thinking thoughts that make us feel horrible. It's like, we're Mm -hmm. just giving ourselves more pain. And so that's why I'm so passionate. And it sounds like you are as well about what we're thinking and what we believe about ourselves and our bodies, because while we can't control things that happen with our conditions or with our health necessarily a hundred percent, we can be very aware of what we're thinking and be very deliberate Mm -hmm. with where we direct our brains when perhaps by instinct, it wants to go to the place of I'm not worthy. I'm broken. I've done something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I'm feeling really called to share something. I don't know. Um, 
I, I don't know. I just always like to go off. Like if I'm feeling something, I'm like, all right, I have to, um, I very much trust my soul in that way. So there's something that I actually shared within my private community that I really feel called to share right now. And it's all about like the steps to shifting your mindset, right. From those like recurring negative beliefs into a positive belief. And it's really hard to go from like a place of not feeling worthy whatsoever to I'm worthy and I'm going to heal and I feel great. Right. And like really embodying that. Right. So a lot of what I do with clients is how do you embody that? People say, oh, think positively. But it's like, well, how if I'm thinking this negatively, I don't know how to jump up to that tall part of the mountain. Right. If I'm in this valley. So there's four kind of like steps to go. So number one is simply awareness. And the reason that like I'm feeling called to say this is you spoke on that awareness, right? You simply have to have awareness that you're even having these thoughts because a lot of these are so ingrained in us and so conditioned to be like, quote unquote, normal in our society of like, even people that don't have autoimmune disease are constantly talking down on themselves, right? I'm stupid. I'm fat. I'm, you know, ugly, whatever. So the first step is simply being aware. Like every time that you are having any sort of thought, just stop for like a second and be like, oh, that was negative. Oh, negative. Right. And then step two is simply pausing. You pause those negative thoughts of you're having a thought like I'm broken and you simply you don't try to reframe because that's hard. That's next level. But you pause and you maybe look at a flower instead or you like go outside or you like simply like shift your, your thoughts to something else so that it kind of like puts a wall up like, Oh, nope, we're not doing that right now. And then you get to move on to reframing, right? Step three, you're, you're pausing, but then you're also reframing. Okay. How can I choose something that's a little better? So Gabby Bernstein talks about this a lot about the choose again method. Like, can I choose a thought that feels just a little bit better? So you might not go from like, I'm broken to I'm beautiful and fixed and healthy, but you might go from I'm broken to I'm grateful. Like I can walk today. Right. Or, you know, you can always find something. So it's Mm -hmm. simply reframing to the next best thing. And then the more that you practice that, and this takes a long time, like this is something that has literally taken me years and it still happens to us, right? No matter how much we try that self work will always continue. And it's actually a beautiful thing. Um, eventually you shift into this step four where it's automatic. You don't even, you have the negative thought maybe, but you so instantly are able to reframe it and think, oh, okay. I, you know, might feel like I'm broken, but I know that's not my truth. And I know that I'm actually in the process of healing. Yeah. And that's the place that I work really hard to get my clients to. And that's where I like, that's why I do what I do. Because when I see that shift and, or I get on a call with a client and they're talking and talking and they pause themselves to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. let me try that again. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it really is a skill set, And it's something that, um, we just aren't necessarily taught that level of self-awareness mm-hmm. for one, but then also our ability to, to change the direction of our thought patterns. Those are just not things that growing up in a regular educational system that we are taught how to do, which I think is changing, right? There's a lot more discussion in the world about mental health for one and, you know, self-awareness for another. And I think it's just, we all have brains. We're all thinking thoughts, just like we all have bodies that need to be taken care of at the gym. Like the same thing applies to what's happening in our mind. And if we're not paying attention to that, if we aren't developing that skill, then we are going to be suffering the negative effects of what's happening mentally. And not to say that you should be blamed for that. Of course, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Why? Because you've never been taught. If if you've never been taught to do something, you know, it's not your fault that it's not going in your favor, right? 
Exactly. I always say you don't know until you know, and then you can't unknow. Like once you know, it's really hard to go backwards. Once you build self-awareness in any aspect of your entire life, not just your autoimmune journey or chronic illness journey, you can't unsee it. It's going to be really freaking hard to go back to the person that you were before. And like, I love the fact that like, I am able to empower my clients to embody such a place of self-love, of self-compassion, of growth, of like embracing the journey and surrendering to the process. That doesn't mean giving up. That simply means you're going with the flow of the river instead of trying to fight the tide back upstream. I'm like, wait, I want to get back up there. No, honey, it's way more beautiful down here. It's time to go down. Like I know, you know, you want to get back to that, but at this point, there's no going back. You just have to keep moving forward. And I love being able to like see that in clients and bring them along for the journey of my own journey too, right? Like this journey is never ending of life for anyone and much less a chronic illness journey. And so when I am feeling so comfortable to be vulnerable with my clients and share things that I am personally going through, I know that I've created a really beautiful, supportive space. Yeah, I love that. And like we were talking about before we hit record is I think that that's one of the most valuable things to have in any health journey. I mean, community in general is, is valuable and even necessary, I'd say for a person's mental health. But when you have something that is potentially isolating, like a chronic illness, it's even more important that we have a community to be able to, to turn to and find some solace in. Um, I want to ask you, so obviously self-awareness and how you are thinking is a pillar of autoimmune health. What other things do you incorporate into your personal approach, into that of your clients? What are the things that you value when it comes to managing a condition, surviving with a condition, even thriving with a condition? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number one, I would say the most important thing is definitely awareness, because if you don't have awareness, you can't shift anything. And number two is gratitude, right? You can't even have gratitude without awareness. You have to be aware of the things that you're grateful for. You have to be aware of the things that you take for granted in order to be grateful for them. Um, So definitely self-awareness, definitely gratitude, and also just love, right? Finding love and joy. I would say they're kind of at the same level. I am so passionate about you can find fun and joy and love in every single thing that you do on a daily basis. I don't care what it is you can. And people may sit there and be like, okay, like what about getting my blood drawn for instance? Right? Well, you know what? I am going to maybe have fun by like joking around with the person that's taking my blood, or I'm going to find joy because I'm going to listen to a song that I really like, right? There's always ways. And I think that Again, we're so conditioned into, oh God, I have an autoimmune disease. My life is over. I have to take this medication for the rest of my life because I I could go on forever about this, but doctors are not educated in like, first of all, softening the blow and like genuinely being like there for us. But second of all, they're not educated in all of these other things that can help us. Right. And the like root cause of what these things are coming from. And so when we start to feel love flowing through us in everything that we do, when we start to find joy in the mundane moments of life, that is the difference in my clients versus anyone else walking on the street. Because I know that every single person in my community, I have like kind of vetted, right? I've either they've gone through an application process or I've talked to them or, you know, I know who they are coming into the community because I want, I don't just let anyone in because I know that it's always going to be that beautiful space for people to come to. And I want every person knowing that they have that forever, right? As long as they need it, it's there for them. 
And as far as like the gratitude piece, that is something that since the very first day that I was dealing with all of this stuff, I had always my entire life been kind of like a journaler. Like I've always just loved to write, but I felt so called to just dive in, like write things I was grateful for that very day and be like, all right, I have to figure this out, right? I have to find a way to find my own truth. And I'm not accepting this as my truth. And so you asked earlier, I don't think I like fully mentioned you asked earlier about like the high vibe guide thing, right? This is something that it's yet another thing as far as like my role and my passion and my title that just kind of fell into place, right? Because I've always posted this content and I've posted about my journey and I've posted really hard concepts and hard experiences, like my very first flare up, like my divorce, like moving cross country with just my car full of stuff, like moving yet again, like, um, breaking up with a narcissist who was beating my dog. Like literally so I told you I've lived a lot of lives and I've shared through all of this, but I share from a space of, okay, this is what happened. I take my own time to honor my own self, to honor my soul, to honor my mind, to honor my body. And then how can I turn that around and allow it to help other people? And again, that high vibe access just kind of fell through soul download. Like, all right, here it is. This is what we are now. So again, I just kind of trust like where, where my soul pulls me to. And I think that I guess, and like the last kind of pillar I would say is definitely intention, right? What is your intention behind every single part of your journey, every single part of your wellness routine, for instance, the things that you do in the morning that make you feel good, that make you ready for the day. What is your intention behind each of them? And if you don't have intention behind the things that you're doing, even the mundane tasks, then you're probably not going to, you know, find joy in them. You're probably not going to be able to find love or find ways to be grateful for them. Yeah. And it, it's such an integrative approach to health that sometimes we tend to disjoint. We're like, oh, I just need to eat Mm -hmm. these foods or, oh, I just need to, you know, do this certain lifestyle exercise. What, how would you describe your wellness routine? Right. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of introspection, a lot of journaling and things like that, but in terms of Mm -hmm. like morning behaviors or I, you're a personal trainer, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what types of things do you incorporate as a general, uh, as general, applications of wellness, but also that might be a little bit more specific considering you have an autoimmune condition. Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. And I want to preface that with the fact that, um, two years ago when I started working as a coach full time, like my own business was like, all right, let's do this full time. I had just moved to Portland, Oregon. And I, one of the biggest things that I was so passionate and like really, really wanted in life was I wanted my mornings to myself. I wanted to be able to do things as I wanted. Cause again, my background was in occupational therapy. I was so used to getting up at 5.00 AM trying to shove a workout in first thing in the morning and get out the door with breakfast in my face. Like I was so used to that. And I was like, I don't want that. Like my dream is just to be able to take my time and meditate and journal. And so for years I had that, right. I was able to really take my time and I had a pretty like structured morning routine. And I'm going to be honest with you now. I don't, and I love it. Like I used to be so like, I did celery juice for three years straight every single morning before anything else was on my stomach. I've always like taken my supplements every morning and stuff like that. But I used to do celery juice and journaling and then pull an affirmation card and do a med- at least a 10 minute meditation and um, do movement first thing in the morning. And then I'd make a smoothie right after. Like I was very like, if I don't get all these things done, like I feel like a failure for the morning. And then I realized like, that's not a healthy space to be in because then there started being more and more days where I just 
didn't have the time or maybe I didn't have the energy. And I was like, this isn't fair to myself because I'm still taking care of myself, even if I'm not doing every single one of those things in a row every morning. And so I had to shift that mindset of we're not meant to do the same things forever. And I had always had that mindset for other things, but I hadn't necessarily built that into my own routine as far as like my daily structure. And so now like, you know, for the past, probably like six months or so, it's been more so just like, okay, I get up and, you know, I might journal first thing in the morning, but honestly, lately it's usually right before I go to sleep. And as far as a meditation in the past couple of weeks, I've actually been loving doing a meditation in this brand new sauna blanket that I just got. And usually I used to like do a meditation right before I went to sleep, which I still do that in addition, most of the time. Um, and then like, as far as my morning supplements and evening supplements, that's one thing that like every single day when I first wake up, I take them no matter what. Um, but yeah. And then movement, I honestly, like, I just kind of work it in and lately it's just been in the evening and that's just the way it is. Right. And so these are all like, this is what happens when you find your non-negotiables. This is taken again. I was diagnosed six years ago and it's taken me so long to be like, okay, I know what my non-negotiables are and I know they're going to get done. It's not a question of if they'll get done. It's a question of when, and I'm not going to make myself have a certain structure for that because that just doesn't work for this part of my journey right now. And that's okay. So I think that there's something to be said for allowing um, a little bit of play with it, right? Like allowing that flow, allowing that like feminine energy side of things of like, it doesn't have to be this masculine structured schedule, this, that you're going to fail sort of thing. It can be um, one day I journal in the morning and I get my workout done. And I feel really good. Or maybe like another day I wait to work out later because I know I'm going to have a long, stressful day and I want to just be able to release and like lift some heavy weights at the end of the night, you know? So like, I really, I think a big thing that's helped me, especially with my routines has been first thing in the morning, I look myself in the mirror and I say, what do we need today? And I ask my inner child, my soul, all, all parts of myself, what do we need today? Sometimes I need more structure and I honor that. And I'll go to a workout class first thing. I'll go to hot yoga first thing and I'll come home and I'll make a nice, you know, nutritious breakfast and I'll jump into work when I'm feeling motivated for it. Like I really allow the flow based on that intentional, um, like soul guidance. Yeah. And what I appreciate about that is that the definition of wellness is always going to change depending on what we need and depending on what mm -hmm. season we are in in our lives. I think that it's easy for us to develop these beliefs about what health and what fitness and about what nutrition looks like. And a lot of that can be due to just the marketing that we have been mm -hmm. exposed to over the years where we just think, oh, like breakfast is the most important meal of the day, for example, yeah. right? <laughs> and then it switched to intermittent fasting. Like we, we get these ideas that can oftentimes put us into the state of this all or nothing thinking. Like I either need to do all of these things that I believe are the correct way to do wellness and health, or I'm just not going to do any of it because it's not worth it. And yeah. I, the adage that I usually like to adopt for myself and for my clients is instead of all or nothing, it's always something. And just as you mentioned to Ooh. your point with having like having those non-negotiables, they can be different for every person. And sometimes they might change over the course of your life. Yeah. Things that were non-negotiable for me a couple of years ago, you know, aren't on my radar anymore. And that's just because mm -hmm. I have figured out how to pay attention to myself on a day-to-day -day basis and say, Hey, what do I need today? And there are some things yes. that I do very religiously 
But even then, there are days where they just don't happen. And the compassion piece of understanding that wellness isn't doing all of those things, but rather listening to yourself and understanding mm -hmm. what's going on with your body, I think is so much more empowering. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, a, a point to, you know, the fact that routines change and that your needs change. I am so freaking grateful to be in a space now where I can allow that soul guidance to show me what exactly I need to do. And I feel it so deeply. And a really good example of that is, um, one is I, again, used to do celery juice for almost three years straight every single morning. Even when I was traveling, I would get, I would either get it somewhere or I would bring my juicer if I was driving, or I would make it before and like bring three like bottles of juice with me. Like I was that strict with it. And it really did help me a lot to, um, to lessen my flare ups and to just make me feel better and help digestion and all of that. However, then it got to the point where like some things kind of changed in my schedule and in my life. And I was like, I don't have the time or energy for this anymore. It's feeling really stressful and it's actually adding stress to again, have that awareness of, wait a second, this thing that's supposed to make me feel good is actually making me feel more stressed, which is probably contributing to more symptoms. Maybe I should reevaluate this. And I stopped doing it. I haven't done it for um, just over a year and I've still been feeling just as good. And it's not because of anything except for the fact that I have built such a solid belief in myself to do what is right for myself because we all have an intuitive innate way to heal, right? It's just a matter of throughout your autoimmune journey and all of the things that you're doing, basically what you're doing is creating a guidebook for yourself of yourself mm -hmm. of, Hey, I know these things make me feel good and I'm going to continue doing them. Oh, that one doesn't work anymore. Okay. Maybe I need to take it out and replace it. Maybe I just need to take it out. Right. Celery juice. I didn't replace it with anything. I just was like, I'm not going to do this because it's adding more stress. Another really good example is I haven't eaten gluten for almost I've okay. So before I was diagnosed, I had a kind of like sense that gluten was messing with my digestion, but I wasn't hundred percent sure. So I would like dabble here and there and like gluten-free stuff, but I still ate it. And, um, I just wouldn't bring it into the house, but if I was out, Oh, I would like go ham on bread and whatever. So, <laughs> um, then when I was diagnosed, I started more and more going gluten-free and I did it gradually. This goes with anything with my diet. I've always gone gradually. I've never been the person that's like, I'm going to go full force all these things. Cause I was like, but what if that doesn't trigger me? Like, why am I going to cut all these things out? I always question. I've always been a questioner. And, um, I want, I, again, that no one size fits all mentality, but anyway, so basically for the past four years or so, I have had almost no gluten. Like I might have had like a bite here and there of something that had gluten in it. But other than that, not when I go out, not at all. And it's taken me time to get to that point. But in the past two months, I started getting this, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Almost like a craving, I guess, for sourdough bread. I was just like, something about sourdough, like feels good to my system. And I was like, scared to eat it still. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, like, you know, it's, you know, people say that people with gluten intolerances can eat it. And because like, it's whatever the whole process of how it's made. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know, like that still scares me. You have to get to a point of like not being scared first of all, because otherwise that could cause a flare <laughs> when you're actually like living in that fear and guilt and shame and all that. But that's besides the point. Eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I don't have anything coming up. If it happens to flare me up, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to be fine. I know I'll get through this. And so I started incorporating it into my diet. I've had it about once, maybe twice a week for the past like six weeks. 
no problem whatsoever. Okay. Totally fine. And yeah. I'm talking like an actual, like thick, beautiful slice of like good sourdough the from best. a good bakery yeah. where it's literally yeah. just simply wheat flour, water, salt. Like that's, yeah. you know, I try yeah. to eat as whole foods as possible. And that is such a clear picture of like, you got to trust yourself, your, your body and your mind. know, And that doesn't mean that like, Oh, my body's craving fast food. That's going to be healing. Like you got to, you know, use a little discretion there. But if you're, let's say, you know, your body's craving fast food. Okay. What is my body actually craving? Maybe salt. Maybe I need something that has salt in it. Right. Maybe I need some more electrolytes. There's so many different ways, but until it's until you know, you don't know. (laughs) Yep. yep, Yeah. That's spot on. Or there might even be like an emotional component that you have to pay Mm -hmm. attention to internally to be like, is there something I need to care for internally rather than trying to numb it with what I'm eating? Again, exactly. there's a place for fad, fast food, but I, I think <laughs> that's such a beautiful approach to just really check in with yourself, emphasizing that self-awareness to be like, okay, what's happening here? What else could potentially be happening? And how can I make sure to take the best care of myself possible? You have a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that and and how that came to be and what its main yeah, vibe I would love is? Yeah, Um, it's so funny to me because I did write a cookbook. I self-published a cookbook in 2020 during the pandemic. And I kind of forget like a lot. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah, I I self-published a book. That's right. I forgot. (laughs) Isn't that like, that's wild. Like that's how fast our brains are conditioned to move of like, oh, yep. Next thing. All right. Mm -hmm. That's done. And honestly, I had a second cookbook in the works. That's literally like could be completed at any moment. And I just haven't because I kind of like lost that like deep, deep passion for it. And anytime that that happens again, I follow my soul. I'm like, all right, well, guess I'm like not meant to do that right now. That doesn't mean I'll never come back to it. But what I ended up doing is creating kind of like a PDF file with all the pictures and all the recipes and giving it to my clients as like a gift to them. And so Mm -hmm. that felt really good. But anyways, all of the um, recipes in there were created by me because at the beginning of my journey, I started sharing the food that I was cooking because I was cooking like I wasn't fully plant-based, but I was like cooking more plant-based, more vegetables, trying to incorporate all whole foods, which again, I had always thought that I was pretty healthy. So I had a pretty good grasp on like healthy food overall. And I've always loved cooking. So that was easy for me. And so basically what I was doing is I was taking like conventional recipes and making them like gluten-free and dairy-free and um, adding some extra vegetables a lot of times. And I started sharing them on um, Instagram and people would be like, wait, what's the recipe? I'm like, uh, well, I took this one, but also I didn't use this and I use that and I use more of this. And, and I'm like, oh, like I started sharing more and more and realizing, oh, wait, maybe I should actually write these here. things down because people actually want these. <laughs> and to me, it was so again, it was so intuitive. I was just doing it because I had cooked my whole life. And I was like, oh, well, if I just add this and I just I was like a little scientist in the kitchen. But um, so, yeah, I started actually writing them down. And I started sharing them and people were like, oh my God, this is so good. That's so good. And I was like, people kept saying, you should make a cookbook. You should make a cookbook. And I was like, yeah, like, ha ha ha, whatever. And then eventually I was like, actually, it'd be kind of cool to like make an ebook, you know, for like people who are like curious about more plant-based and gluten-free eating. And like my whole thing, um, at the time that I made the cookbook, I was mostly plant-based. Um, actually I was fully plant-based at that time. Um, And for health reasons. And, um, I realized, you know, I don't think that there's any one way for people to eat. I don't think that plant-based is the answer for everyone. And so I wanted to make these recipes very approachable, first of all, for anyone who's like curious, but also very easy to modify. If you want to add cheese, if you want to add meat to it, like I want to make it very open 
And also another thing that drove me insane and still to this day does is when recipes have like an ingredient where you buy it for like one, one recipe and you never use it again, or it's like really expensive and Mm -hmm. you know that you're not going to cook this thing again for a long time. And I was like, I am not doing that to people. Absolutely not. I am. So I made an entire page in my cookbook. That's like kitchen staples. Like these are the things that you're going to need for all of these recipes. Like this is all you need. Like, yeah, the fresh food you're going to have to get, but these are all like the pantry staples. This is it. And I wanted to make it very accessible and very approachable. And so long story short, I started kind of putting it together. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't really like, I kind of got stuck. I was like, I don't know where to go from here. Like, how do I format this? Like, and so I kind of put it to the side for a while. Well, then this girl that I actually worked with in, when I was 18, my second job, which was at Olive Garden, um, she came to me and she was living in Michigan still at the time where I used to live. And I was living in LA and she messaged me and said, Hey, I noticed you've been sharing all these recipes da, da, da. like, I'm a graphic designer now and I'm trying to build my portfolio. Would you ever be interested in making a cookbook? And I was like, oh, what? Like, hello universe. Thank you. Like you sent me exactly what I needed. And so she, I worked with her and she literally formatted the whole book, got it all like ready. And I mean, there was a whole bunch of hiccups in between, like don't need to get into it, but basically I ended up self-publishing because I just was like, I want to get this out there ASAP. And I'm tired of like waiting on this and waiting on that and this being messed up and that print being messed up and that copy. Like, I just want to print them all myself and, and ship them out myself. And also it felt way more like intentional and, um, conscious, right? Like I was able to sign every single book that went out. I personally wrote a little note. I was able to like really be there and be so integrated in the process. And that felt really, really good. And so I ordered a stock of paperback copies, which wasn't like a crazy amount. It was like, I think like 350 or 400. And the cool part about that is that I released, um, the, I released it for pre-sale in July of 2020, I think. And by, um, October I was completely sold out of paperback copies. And I was like, you know, that's not like an insane number, but that's pretty cool that like that many people wanted a paperback because I also was offering like a Kindle version, which is still available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, like an ebook copy, which is obviously just as good. It's just not, you don't hold it in your hand. Um, but yeah, it's just like crazy because it felt like because the tangible thing that was in my hand was gone so fast in like, you know, a few months now in my brain, I'm like, oh, that was three months of my life. And like, yeah, I did that. Right, <laughs> it's right, so right. funny when things are in front of us, it's so much easier to be like, oh yeah, this is, you know, I, I do have a copy, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like kind of funny. I always like, Uh, I'm very grateful for that whole process. It definitely taught me a whole lot about patience, about Mm -hmm. marketing, about like anything you imagine. (laughs) Yeah, that seriously, those business endeavors really are just the most unfortunate, amazing teachers. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. Where can people find you? Uh, yeah. So the best way to find me is on my website. I actually completely just redid it. So you can find everything you need on there. I'm super, super proud of it. It's www.rachelelbow.com. Um, it has links to anything you could need from, um, my membership application to more about me, to discounts that I offer, um, for different brands that I'm partnered with to my Instagram, like literally everything you need is on there. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and, teaching us in your wonderful, wise way. (laughs) We're so grateful that you um, 
that we get to benefit from your message. So thank you for your time and being on the podcast. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And congratulations again on having so many episodes out there. Like I said, I have a podcast as well. So like, it's just crazy to see like, you know, people making waves in the autoimmune community like we are. And I guess I should mention that's another place that you can find me is my podcast autoimmune and you. Um, we're on all major streaming platforms like yours is. Awesome. And all of that will be linked in the show notes and awesome. everyone go check out Rachel. She's amazing. <laughs> Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help here at brain diet. I offer a free set your custom macros call on this call. I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body. So I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.